Well, a huge happy Father's Day to all the dads. Uh, so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for uh, every father in our church. I'm so grateful uh, for every spiritual father, every uh, uncle, every grandfather, every uh, big brother who's holding it down. We're just so grateful for you. We're so grateful for your impact on our families, impact on our church. We have so many incredible men in our church, so many incredible dads in our church. And I just want to personally, man to man, father to father, I want to honor you. I want to thank God for you. Every stepdad, I want to thank God for you. And uh, we, we do take this moment to honor you. The great late Dr. Billy Graham said, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. And I might say the most valuable asset in our society. And um, we just want to thank God for you. I know that, you know, in our culture, um, a lot of times you don't get a lot of, get a lot of love. You know, a lot of sitcoms kind of, you know, even make fun of dads and the dad character is kind of its own thing. But you guys are heroes and you're the spiritual head of your home. And uh, thank you for praying. Thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for caring for your kids and your wife. And um, I'm just, I'm very grateful for you. I'm praying grace on you. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to dads all the time about the challenges of this season and everything that you're facing as a family. And I just want to know, I'm, I'm so proud of you and uh, speaking a special blessing over you today for sure in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to also remind you, a lot of people didn't know about this, but we're actually offering kids ministry uh, for your kids. And so I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's citylightkids.com. Hey, that was right. I was right. That's right. Citylightkids.com. Citylightkids.com. Uh, Pastor Griffin has been killing it with that. And we've got awesome lessons. Um, they've got arts and crafts. I mean, they got all kinds of things uh, for your kids to still engage with Jesus even during this moment. So citylightkids.com. I really want to encourage you for toddler and elementary age uh, make sure your kids are checking that out. Next steps, you can still take next steps and uh, begin to engage with the church so that when we do get back, you can get involved immediately and get plugged into the life and the vision of our church. So next steps is available. And then uh, I don't know where you're watching from, but tag us. Tag us at City Light Vegas. Tag me uh, at Javen Chavez. Tag us. Let us know where you're watching from. Take a picture. And uh, we want to see you. And... Um, connect with you that way too on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I, I don't think we're on, we're not on Twitter. So Instagram and Facebook, and uh, we'd love to do that. Well, we're in a series called Teach Us to Pray. The disciples in Luke 11 asked the Lord Jesus, would you teach us to pray? Uh, we, we have figured this out for sure. This is what we know. You pray, and then really cool stuff happens. We wake up, and you're already up. We wake up, and you've been talking to the Father. And you get these amazing instructions from God. You have this amazing relationship with your father. And then from that, Jesus, all of your ministry flows. The disciples never asked Jesus how to heal the sick, how to cast out demons, how to preach. Uh, they didn't ask for any of that, how to, how, to, how to do miracles. They didn't ask. They just said, teach us to pray because they knew that Jesus' life was connected to his prayer life. And friend, let me just tell you right now, your life is connected to your prayer life and your public life is connected to your private life. So if, if the Lord can teach us to pray, in doing so, we will learn 
how to live. And so then he responds um, in Luke 11, but, but even with more uh, clarity in Matthew chapter 6. We'll start in verse 9. He gives us now a pattern of prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We've gotten that far so far in the series. And here we are into some new stuff. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to preach just for a couple of minutes from this subject. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. I don't know who you're watching this with, but look at them right now and tell them, follow the leader, follow the leader. Type it in the chat if you can. Follow the leader, follow the leader. Father, now as we go to your word, we pray that you would speak clearly and powerfully in a way that would change our lives forever. We thank you that your word has that kind of potency. It has that kind of power that literally one word from God could change us forever. We're expecting that now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen and amen. Thank you, brother. Follow the leader. So we're now at a place of prayer. And again, I want to remind you, we're on a journey of prayer. We start with our Father. We begin to worship. We begin to connect with God. We rest in God. We rest in the grace of God. We rest in the goodness of God. And we continue through that journey of prayer. We then go and we invite his kingdom and his will to be done in our lives. We then begin to talk about provision we talked about, his, about the bread of heaven, and we talked about all of that. And again, we're, we're, we're on a journey of this place. Last week, we got to the point of saying, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, or forgive us our debts, or trespasses, whatever word you want to use there. And again, this is all in a, a, a journey that we're on. It's on a cycle that we're on in prayer. And so we've now gone to this place. Maybe this has taken you 10 minutes. Maybe it's taken you an hour. Maybe it's taken you 15 minutes. I'm not sure. But you've now gotten to the place where your heart is open. I would like to say it like this. I've I've confessed my sin. I've repented of my debt. I've asked God to forgive me. I've come to that point. I'm forgiving others. But now I'm at a point where I really want to be free And I'm ready for God to lead me. (laughs) Like you don't start there because your heart's not open yet. But now on a journey of prayer, you've actually gotten to the point in the spirit where you can say, okay, Lord, lead me. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. In other words, I want a life of freedom. I want a life of deliverance. I want a life where whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Where I'm not just going from issue to issue to to brokenness to brokenness. But the, the Holy Spirit is really doing a deep work in my life. Where I can honestly look at my life and say, I am not perfect. But man, I'm free. God has done a work in my life. I am being led by the Lord. Romans 8, those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's where I want to get. I know that's where you want to get in Jesus' name. Come on, say amen to this preacher right now. So we've got to follow the leader. So I want to give you three simple points today that I think will help you 
They're, they're not only going to help you get free from some stuff, but they're just going to help you become a full-formed disciple in Christ. And here's the first one. You have to choose your leader. You got to choose. You know, there's a lot of Christians that just don't let God lead them. <laughs> like they just do what they want to do and they do it how they want to do it. And, and, and Sunday's good and they, 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 they love Jesus, you know, and they're going to heaven. But man, they just, the Holy Spirit is not the boss. They're the boss. And you actually have to get to the point where just think about those two words, lead me. Before we get to lead me, not into, just the first, lead me. Lord, I don't want to be the leader. I want you to be the leader. Father, lead me. Your faith cannot grow. Your maturity will not progress. And your life cannot be changed truly until you decide who's going to be the leader. You are God. <laughs> your emotions are God, your fear or God, your lust or God, your greed or God, your worries or God. Who's going to lead? And, and who you decide, you have to decide because God won't decide for you. Yeah. We're not robots. God doesn't just control us. God doesn't drive us. He leads us if we're willing to be led. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Am I helping anybody? I know, it's un I know it's tight right off the bat. We just started. People are like, oh, my God, he's going in. I'm going in. <laughs> I'll never forget when we first taught Bentley to, to, to walk on a leash, our little dog. And uh, for years, we didn't need to because we had a doggy door. And then we, when we moved to California, we uh, lived in a condo and had a, had a big you know, outdoor grass area where we had to go walk him. And he had to walk on a leash. He never knew how. And so for the first few years of his life, he had a doggy door, he had his own little place, and he was the boss. And now on these walks, I had to be the boss. And so we'd get on this leash, and that dog, that leash was maybe 10 feet, and that dog would go to the very end of the leash. And he dog people know what I'm talking about right now. And he just, <sighs> uh, y'all know that sound? You think he's not just, <sighs> just angry demon possesses, <sighs> and he's choking, and he's suffocating, and I'm, no, oh, you know, hey, we're, no, we're fine, we're fine, you know. Neighbors are looking, it's awkward, you know. <laughs> Come on, buddy. <laughs> you know, just all the, everyone's judging me because they've trained their dog. Or when we lived in the OC, they probably paid somebody to train their dog. I, you know, I'm trying to learn how to do it and I'm trying not to kill this poor little dog. And he's fighting me, he's fighting me. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm still his master, we're still connected, but it was not enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm still going to feed him. He's still going to be in, in our house. I still loved him. But it wasn't fun. You know, there's a lot of Christians, it's just not enjoyable. Because you're at the edge of the leash. And Jesus is like, <laughs> and you're just. <laughs> I know the Bible says. <laughs> I know what the Holy Spirit's telling me, but <laughs> do you feel do you feel that way? Right? Do you feel tired and weary and worn out? If you do, you're probably at the edge of the leash. 
And he had to learn to heal. I, I had to learn, by the way, that if I say heal, he had no idea what that meant, right? Come on, somebody. I'm like, heal, heal. He don't know what that. <laughs> but he had to learn. He had to learn to come right beside me. And he learned pretty quickly, thank God, he learned that it was much more, in, the closer he got to me. Preach, preacher. All right. The closer he got to the master, the more enjoyable the walk. Can I tell you, the closer you get to the master, the more enjoyable this thing called the walk of faith is. The less you resist, the more fun you're going to have. You're going to love it. It's going to be an adventure with the Holy Spirit. By the way, this is where the Holy Spirit walks with you. Because the Greek word for the Holy Spirit, for the comforter, is a parakletos, one who walks beside you. So you're out 10 feet in front of him and he's going, hey, I'm, I'm setting the pace. And if you'll walk with, this is going to be great. And I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to whisper to you. We're going to enjoy this. This is going to be so much fun. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. This is what Isaiah said in Isaiah 30 when he said, you're going to hear a voice behind you. Real close. This is the way walking in it. Like that's where you can get in your walk with Christ. But you have to come to the point where you go, okay, Holy Spirit. Okay, Father, lead me. I'm tired of leading. And that dog would run right into the street and into danger. That dog would run right after other dogs and get into danger. That dog would go all crazy. And he had to learn that the safest place he could be, the closer he got, the safer he was, the closer he got, the less tension there was, the closer he got, the more he enjoyed it. And maybe your Christian faith is no fun because you're still trying to be the leader. And you're not. <laughs> like whether you admit it or not, you're not. And the moment you can say, okay, Lead me is the moment freedom can begin to happen. Lead me not into temptation. James chapter 1 verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say. Mark that in your Bible. If you got a Bible, highlight it, graffiti it. That's a good place. That Do not say. Boy, when you're in the heat, Sometimes the best thing to do is shut up. Hello, somebody. Like when you're in the fire, sometimes it's like, I just got to stop talking because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> do not say. James is like, just cut it for a second. Do not say. Do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and never tempts anyone else. God doesn't tempt. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it then eventually gives birth to death. Now, I could camp there the whole message, but I'm going to keep going. But let me just give you a few things. When you're, being, when you're in a temptation, when you're in a test, when you're in a trial, James says, do not say. In other words, here's what he's really saying. He's saying, be careful of your confession when you're in a fight. Because it is so easy in the moment to blame God or to blame somebody else or to do whatever. Instead of, instead of taking responsibility 
for your desires in a temptation, it's easy to blame it on a lot of other things. Yeah? Blame it on the job. Blame it on your spouse. Blame it on God. Blame it on the devil. Blame it on anybody but your desires. <laughs> well, if my, wife was, if my wife was nice to me, well, if my work wasn't so stressful, well, if life wasn't so crazy, welcome to crazy. We in crazy. 2020 is officially crazy. <sighs> and we're not getting out of it for at least another six months. So just do not say. James says, watch your words. Watch me. And then try to find the root of the desire. You're being tempted to sin. You're being tempted to quit. You're being tempted to, to walk away. You're being tempted to turn your back on God. You're being tempted to whatever that temptation might be today. James says, find the desire because it's the desire that's leading to the temptation. See, temptation is not a sin. But if you're constantly being tempted, you need to know that there's something in, there's an open door in your life that keeps opening yourself up to the temptation. I think for so long we preach, hey, Jesus was tempted and you're going to be tempted. And so temptation is, it's not a sin. But if you don't get down to the desire, and by the way, Jesus was tempted twice. He was tempted in the wilderness and in the garden. So it wasn't like every day. He's like, oh my God, I'm just doing, it wasn't like that. He had victory. So you don't have to live in a constant battle. So you've got to find the root desire that's leading to the temptation. Ooh, man. So if you're dealing with a specific temptation, think about, pray about, and talk to someone about what the source could be. What's leading to this? Why am I being drawn to that? Why am I keep desiring that? Why can't I get freedom from that? Why can't my mind get free? You, you, you've got to find, and you've and, and you got to process with the Holy Spirit, but you probably got to process with a friend. Like, man, I can't shake this. I can't get victory over this. What is the desire? You've got to find that root. Don't just settle for the lie that you have to live with this thing, whatever this thing is, forever. Allow the Holy Spirit to uproot it so you can truly be free from it. My mom was a, a, a crazy gardener growing up. She had just tons of rose bushes and tons of different plants. And uh, she had a garden and vegetable garden. She was just, and uh, every week we had to weed. <laughs> Some of you are like, I like this, mom. No, 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 it's not like that. Like we had to weed, we had to pull the weeds. <laughs> and when we pulled the weed, she would always say, and my dad would say this too, hey, get it from the root. Because there was a temptation to just kind of go and just pick, and you'd pick the top off and you'd leave the root. So they would say, hey, you've got to go and you got to dig your hand into the dirt and you got to grab it from the root and you got to twist and then you got to pull out. Because if you don't get that thing from the root, it will come right back. I don't know what it is in your life, but why does it keep coming back? I don't know what that thing is in your marriage that just keeps coming back. What is that thing in your heart that just keeps coming back? You hate it. You repent of it. You ask God to forgive you for it. You try to get 
forward momentum, but then it just, boom, there it is again. You haven't uprooted the desire. You got to get real about the desire. You got to get real about what's really going on in your life. And James says, if you can if you can find the desire that's leading to the temptation and you can uproot it there through prayer, through the word, and through accountability, then the temptation will cease. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll look back over your life six months later, a year later, 10 years later and go, how was I ever even bound to that thing? Because you've finally gotten free. Wow. Now we can be tempted in two ways. We can be tempted to do something good, but it's outside of God's authority. Sex, money, food, um, a desire for recreation, a a desire for escape. A a lot of that can be good. Rest. You just have to do it under God's authority. Like if you would have walked up on Adam and Eve eating that fruit, you wouldn't have known there was anything wrong. Just saw two naked people eating. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it would have been awkward. But yeah, like you wouldn't have known. Because it wasn't, it wasn't overtly sinful. In the, I mean, there's nothing sinful with eating a piece of fruit. It was that it was connected to a command. And you can be tempted to do things that you justify. Well, they're not, it's not technically wrong. But you know the Holy Spirit has his finger on it. You know the Holy Spirit's dealing with you about it. You know the Lord's working on you. We're talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is how you mature in your faith. Yeah. When, it, when you don't just look for the excuse to do it, but you're, you're getting so, and no one may ever know, but between you and the Lord, you know yeah. Yeah. that he's dealing with you. But then, of course, you could be tempted with things that are overtly sinful and terrible, but either way, you've got to get down to the desire that is leading to that temptation. Okay, now look what Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 says. Excuse me for, I'm just teaching the Bible tonight, but today, but it's good. Because he himself, this is the Lord Jesus, he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Because he himself suffered when he was being tempted. By the way, temptation is, this terrible. It's suffering. Do you see what the Bible just said? Some of y'all live with it every day. Because you won't close the door to the, to the desire. Am I helping anybody? And, and you hate your life because you won't deal with the desire. So then you're constantly suffering. In t- the Bible called temptation suffering. Yes, I'll be tempted. But I shouldn't live in a 24-hour battle. 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week battle. I should have a little bit of victory in my life. That's what, okay, that's what I'm talking about. But I can talk to Jesus about it because he was tempted. So talk to Jesus about your temptation and talk to a friend about your temptation. Get honest with it. Lead me not into temptation. Hebrews chapter 4 now, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Whatever you're struggling with in his humanity, Jesus was tempted in that as well. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. In other words, he was able to get victory over it. 
Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What is our time of need? The context is in a temptation. So when I'm tempted, I go to Jesus and I'm like, okay, so like you've been here. Lead me not into temptation. Help me. What would you do? What would Jesus do? Help me. How do I, how do I get free from it? And you go to the throne of grace to receive mercy in your time of need. And I promise you there's grace for the temptation. You have to choose your leader. Let me just remind you that everything in life starts with the seed. I'm almost done with this point. It'll get better. Keeps on getting better. Everything in life starts with a seed. Galatians 6 verse 7. Make no mistake about it. God will not be mocked. For what you plant you will, uh, will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. <laughs> Whatever that temptation is, here's, here's my advice to you. Because this will help you not ruin your life. I'm serious. Deal with it in seed form. Before you have to deal with a harvest of issues. Like I don't know if any of you have witnessed a, a, a person just ruin their life. It started with a seed. And if they could have just in the seed form dealt with it. With the Holy Spirit by the grace of God with some good godly friends. They could have stopped that thing from morphing into something that destroyed their life. And then you, you look at the other end and you go, how did they get there? Man, it seemed like it happened overnight. It did not happen overnight. It was a long time. But the problem is it was so small for so long that you didn't think it was actually impacting your life. But what you didn't know is the roots were growing down deep. And it was, it was all happening under the surface. And then, boom, that thing breaks ground. And all of a sudden, you got an issue. And you're going, how did I get here? Deal with it in seed form. Deal with it when it's little. When almost like your friends would be like, man, you're overreacting. And you got to go, no, I'm not overreacting. I know the Holy Spirit's dealing with me. So you can deal with it then. Okay, number two, choose your outcome. Choose your outcome. Number one, choose your leader. Number two, choose your outcome. You get to choose. Oh, this is so cool. God is so awesome. You choose. You, you very much so choose the life you want in Christ. See, many believe that temptation means the battle is already over. Like, well, man, I'm being tempted. I guess I failed. I guess, all right, give in. No, just because you're being tempted does not mean the battle's over. It means the battle is beginning and now you have a choice. You choose the outcome. You don't always choose your temptation, but you can choose your outcome. Say it again, preacher, okay, because someone needs to hear it. You don't always choose your temptation, but you do choose your outcome. So when the temptation comes, that doesn't mean, oh, I guess I'm not strong enough and I guess I just need to give in to this. No, no, no. I got to choose my, I got to choose the next step. Temptation is not the end of the road. It is a fork in the road. Temptation is not the end of the road. It is a fork in the road. 
well, I want to do it. I, I feel like doing it. I, I've been wanting to do it. I've been struggling. I, I guess I'll just give in. No, 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 no. You got a choice. You got a choice. That's when you call that emergency 911 friend. They go, pray for me right now. I feel like I'm going to do something dumb. I feel like I'm going to give in to something. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to make a mistake. I feel like my faith is low. Pray for me. The temptation is not the end of the road. It is a fork in the road. But you get to choose your outcome. Today I've set before you life and death, God said, Deuteronomy 29. I've put before you blessing and cursing, life and death. And then God goes, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if I was you, I'd choose life so you and your children can live. That's, that would be what I would but it's your choice. Choose your outcome. Never forget this. Tests, trials, and temptations are always opportunities to grow. Like, you know we are in a giant opportunity to grow right now, right? Like, you know that. I hope you know that. We have been in a three-month opportunity. <laughs> I hope we haven't just been mad. I was for sure mad for at least a month. I've missed at least a month. Come on, somebody. Can I be honest with you? I was just depressed. I was just mad. My wife will tell you. She's like, woo, you are not doing good right now. I was like, I'm not doing good. I was just mad. I was eating whatever I wanted. I wasn't working out. I was complaining about everything. First month of this whole COVID thing, I was just in a bad mood. I was just in a foul mood. And then one day I was like, okay, soap, got to be a Christian. Let's get this thing under it might be I'm being too real. Okay, yeah, but so I'm talking to myself real quick. Jabin, tests, trials, temptations are an opportunity to grow. I know I'm trying. James chapter 1, verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, now notice, so let it grow. You got to decide. When your, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect or mature and complete, needing nothing. We're talking about lead me not into temptation. We're talking about we get to choose our outcome. Endurance grows. Faith grows. Temptation weakens. And your spiritual muscles grow when you decide your outcome. Whatever that thing is today... That the devil is whispering in your ear, you will live with this forever. I promise you, it's a lie. That thing can break so quick off of your life. But you're going to have to let it grow. You're going to have to let, you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit into this thing. See, this is why the Apostle Paul in Romans 5 said, rejoice in trial. He has to command us to rejoice in trials. Why? Because we have to, by rejoicing, instead of complaining, invite the Holy Spirit into the moment. So God didn't send it, but God can use it if you will invite God into the situation. My endurance has an opportunity to grow if I will let it grow. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Am I giving you all enough Bible today or what? Okay. We all experience times of testing. 
which is very normal for every human being. But God, everyone say, but God. Type that in the chat if you can. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. opportunity. Oh, man, are we, have we not been given an opportunity in this season of our lives? Wow. Each test is an opportunity to trust him more. Oh, my gosh. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. This is a tempting moment, or this is an evil moment, or this is a moment of test, or this is a moment of trial, or this is a moment of warfare, or whatever it may be. But God, I'm choosing by faith and by the word of God to call it an opportunity. I refuse to curse 2020. It's an opportunity. Oh, my God. I don't know if anyone's going to say amen to that right there, but I refuse to curse this season. It's an opportunity. I refuse to name it anything else than, than God would name it. It's an opportunity. I refuse to, to, to misname an uncomfortable moment by anything else. This is an opportunity. It's not that God sent it, but now that I'm in it, I have an opportunity. This is what's so cool about becoming a believer. No matter where you are today, there is a choice that you can make that can make you stronger and better and more faithful and have more integrity. And it can make the roots of your faith grow down even deeper. It doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can call it an opportunity by the Spirit of God, by faith in God, by the Word of God. And say, I'm not going to miss it. I refuse to miss this moment. I refuse to curse this moment. I refuse to stay angry in this moment. I've got an opportunity. I'm going to grow. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to be better because of it. I hate it now, but I'm going to be better for it. One day, I'll probably even thank God for it. (laughs) He's got to live long enough. Before you look back on some of your toughest seasons and go, wow, what the Holy Spirit did in me because I chose to trust. So God, lead me not into temptation. I refuse to to get mad. I refuse to get bitter. I refuse to get angry. This is an opportunity for me. And my faith roots are going to grow down deep in this moment. Number three, as the keys come back up, choose the blessing. Choose the blessing. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. Turn to whoever you're around in your your room right now, whatever you're at, and say, look at Jesus. Tell them that. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Type it in the chat if you can. Look at Jesus. Look to Jesus. Looking 
to Jesus, the founder or the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now, now here's where I want to go. Who for the joy that was set before, future, for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was in the future, him, he endured the cross. Write this down if you're taking notes. Jesus chose future joy over immediate comfort. Somebody say amen to this preacher right now. I'm I'm talking to somebody. Jesus chose future joy over not, not immediate joy. I'm just happy to be in obedience. No, no, no. Future joy. Sometimes it's like, man, I'm just grateful to obey God. Other times it's like, Oh, okay, this feels like a cross. (laughs) But Jesus Jesus chose future joy over immediate comfort. He's in the garden. He goes, Father, is there any other way we can do this? Like I know we... The Bible says that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the earth. This was always in the plan of God. The cross was always a part of the plan. But now that he's in his humanity, is facing it, he's like, Did, was there another plan maybe? Is there a plan B? Is there another option? The Bible says he sweat great drops of blood. He, he was so in pain in that moment. He'd be betrayed by Judas and That night would become so dark for him, and then the next day he would go to the cross. But he chose for the joy set before him. He endured. He chose future joy over immediate comfort. Don't settle for comfort. You can get lulled right to sleep and miss your moment. I do this today for tomorrow. God, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one because I'm tempted to choose comfort today instead of choosing joy that could be in my future if I would just trust you. Jesus faced two major temptations, I said, in the wilderness and in the garden but he chose to obey God today for a future result no results today none no change today none no joy today but I I see it out in the future I see where my obedience can lead me I see where my faithfulness to God can take me. I see the plan God has for me. I see resurrection on the other side of this three-day trial. I see exaltation on the other side of my obedience. I see a crown of life for those who, like the Apostle Paul, fought the good fight, kept the faith, finished the race. I see it in my future. I don't see it today. Today it hurts. Today it's uncomfortable. But I know 
that if I'll stay faithful today, there is joy on the other side of it. The Bible says, though we sow in tears, we reap in joy. So no results today, no change today, no joy today, but there is joy in front of me. There is blessing in front of me. Come on, somebody. There is breakthrough in front of me. So I'm going to choose to do today what I know God is calling me to do, whether I see the results or not. Now that gyms have started opening up again, I've been back in, in the Orange Theory for two weeks. It's not a plug. They don't pay me. They should pay me. But I've been back for two weeks. No results yet, just pain. Just everything hurts. Everything hurts again. <laughs> everything, my toes hurt. I don't know how my toes, my toes hurt. My hip hurts, my right hip. I bought one of those massage guns. Have you seen that? I got one of those things. I think it hurts more now. My neck hurts, weird pains, like weird, everything hurts. My, my hands hurt, my fingers hurt, everything hurts. I don't see anything yet. Pants don't fit better yet. Like nothing. Just two weeks where they've just taken my money and hurt me. Can't turn on the fans, COVID. You know, it's just you're hot and you're just mad. You're just mad in there. You're just hot. You're just mad. Nothing. So I'm not doing it for today. Come on, say amen. I'm not doing it for today. I'm, not do, I'm doing it for tomorrow. I'm doing it for a month from now. I'm doing it for six months from now. I'm doing it for a year from now. Not everything I do today do I do for today. I got my paycheck on the, on the 15th of this week. And I gave the Lord what I've agreed to the Lord to give him. Which is harder now under these circumstances. And then I gave what I gave, what I give my savings account and what I give my future. I don't see any results of that. But I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for the future. I've got a joy set out before me. Which helps me endure the cross, the pain of this moment. So God, lead me not into temptation because I'm so tempted to go into survival mode in this season and not trust you and not see the joy that's in my future if I'll just do it your way. So Galatians 6, chapter 9 reminds us, don't allow yourselves, uh, chapter 6, verse 9, don't allow yourselves to be weary. Don't allow yourself to get weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Everybody say, it's on the way. Come on, say it again. Say, it's on the way. And it's like, preacher, when do I leave sowing and go to reaping? I don't know. When does that... When does that baton pass? When does that transition begin? I'm not sure. I'm probably in it a little bit, 22 years serving God, 
long time in full-time ministry? Am I definitely reaping some of my faith? Yeah. But I'm not getting lax because I know how much more God has on the inside of me for my future. So when does the sowing in and the reaping begin? I don't know if it ever ends or begins. It, it just, you create a cycle of blessing. You create a cycle of, I'm obeying God and I'm trusting God and I'm resisting the devil and I'm receiving the blessing from that, but that's not making me lazy. I'm trusting God and I'm sowing seed and I'm resisting the devil and I'm reaping and it's, and it's happening at the same time. So I just keep doing what I know God's called me to do. And God help me to not be tempted to settle for anything less than that. That's my prayer. Some of you, your temptations are, are, are big. It, it could be drug addiction. It could be a sexual addiction. It could be gambling. It could be, I mean, you've got some big things that you're, that you're staring at right now going, going, my God, I need freedom. And, and, and for you, there's grace. Others of you, it's kind of where I'm at. It's just the temptation is to coast instead of lean in. The temptation is to, as I talked about a few weeks ago, just let the momentum of my own obedience kind of carry me instead of staying hot on fire for God. It doesn't matter where you are. The prayer is the same. God, deliver me from evil. Because I, I refuse to choose immediate comfort over the future joy that you have before me. God, lead us not into temptation, I pray. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You're watching right now and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to pray for you right now. I want to ask every Christian who's watching, please don't log off and please don't um, please don't turn off the, the, the service yet. I want to ask you to pray right now. Would you pray with me right now as people are making huge life decisions? Would you, would you help me pray right now and just believe God with me that, that God is going to touch hearts? You're watching right now, you've never given your life to Christ or maybe at one time you were serving God and you've walked away from the Lord. Pray with me. Surrender your life to Jesus. Put your faith in him not in yourself, and trust the finished work of the cross of Calvary. Let's pray together. I want, I want you to pray something like this with me. As I pray it out loud, I want you to pray it, and I want you to pray it especially from your heart. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. So I turn from my old life. I turn to you. And I declare, Jesus is Lord of my life, and I will never be the same. Amen and amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I know right now in the chats, people are giving you information and links. I want you to click on that link and I want you to get more information. Our MC will tell you even more about it. But you just made the best decision of your life, and you will never be the same. I believe that with all of my heart. Well, I love you. We miss you. And uh, can't wait till we can worship again together. 
But until then, please stay connected with us and stay connected to your Christian friends and family. And um, stay in the Word. Stay prayed up. This message will go, uh, will drop on, on YouTube and on iTunes on Monday morning. And so get the Word back in you and um, stay strong. I know this is a challenging season, but stay full of the Word because the Word is your source and your strength and will keep you grounded during these times of, of change and these times of so much is unknown. Um, keep your feet planted on the rock. That is Christ in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.